Are you ready to become the top in your field? I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Tradeswoman Talk Podcast, a show designed for you. One that strives to forge solidarity amongst tradeswomen. For years, this has been predominantly a male-driven industry. However, we are now entering a new era, one where whatever we truly desire can be ours. Like we have been saying for years, jobs don't have genders. On this show, we'll share information with each other as a collective to empower each other. I love being a part of such a great community. Share with us your trade secrets as we share ours with you. It's our time to do more than survive. It's our time to thrive. We're happy to have you here with us on the Tradeswoman Talk podcast. And now your host of the show, Judeline Cassidy. Judeline Cassidy. Tradeswoman Talk is brought to you by our friends at SupplyHouse.com, an online retailer of plumbing and HVAC supplies. Pros can take full advantage of Supply House Trades Master Program. You can receive free shipping, free returns, exclusive deals, and a dedicated phone line. Be sure to start your next job with SupplyHouse.com. On this episode of Tradeswoman Talk, my guest is my UA sister, friend, mentor, Doreen Canyon. Before Doreen and I get into her our conversation, I would love to read her bio. Doreen started her journey in the UA Plumbers Local 55 Apprenticeship Program in 1998, the same year her son started kindergarten. She worked in the fields for 14 years until she became a full-time evening instructor at Plumbers Local 55 JATC Training Center in 2012, where she taught light commercial trainees, service trainees, and journeyman continuing education courses. In 2018, she moved to the daytime instructor where she currently teaches 90 commercial apprentices in different phases of their fifth-year apprenticeship. After becoming a journeyman in 2007, she got involved in the union, first serving as a chair of the entertainment committee. Then, 2011, she was elected by the members to the executive board, where she served until 2011. Doreen became the first woman elected president of Local 55, currently serving her fourth term after having been re-elected. 2014, she became the co-founder of the Cleveland Building Trades Women Committee, which brings together tradeswomen all across Cleveland area to support and encourage each other. She currently sits as the chair on this committee. In 2017, my sister was named one of Crane's Cleveland Business's Women of Note. Proud to represent tradeswomen and honored to be included with female lawyers, business owners, presidents, and CEOs from the Cleveland area. Doreen, thank you for joining us on this episode of Tradeswomen Talk. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Yes, Ephel. 
people, you you know, you're listening. Doreen is one of those women that you meet her and you immediately fall in love with her energy and her spirit. And she's been an awesome sister and, uh, like I said, mentor to me. And I appreciate her taking time out to come join us and have a chat with me on Tradeswoman Talk. So, Doreen, before we go into our Q and you know our questions and my audience learning more about you, we have this segment that we call Five in Five. All right. You got five questions with two options. You can only choose one. All right. Okay. Don't try to be like oh, everybody else. They always try to cheat. All right. You can only choose one. Doreen, are you ready? Ready. All right. Doreen, it's dessert time and you can only have a choice for one dessert. Is it tiramisu or lemon cake? Lemon cake. Nice. Which do you prefer to feel the warmth of? A gas fireplace or a wood-burning fireplace? Wood-burning fireplace. Definitely. After a long flight, you meet your sisters at the Women Build Nation conference for drinks. What's your go-to drinks? Cocktails or beer? Cocktails. Uh, you were forced to get one. Which one would you get? A tattoo or a piercing? Tattoo. Which is one of the most important qualities you believe every leader should possess? Empathy or a good communicator? Good communicator. Thank you. See? Yay! Thank Yay. you for, um, for participating. Told you it was not that difficult. So one of the questions, I always try to put one in there that I know. And the rest, I'm really trying to find out more. So I know she has a tattoo, and it's really, really cool. She <laughs> has uh, the rosy, so that was like a cheat one. <laughs> so Doreen, I just read in the bio that you began your journey as a UA plumber when your son started kindergarten, what is the mitigating or what was the mitigating circumstances that propel you to become a plumber? So I um, worked in retail management for years, um, long hours, salary, you know, it was a lot of work. And I'm sure I was underpaid to my male counterparts that were also managers. But then when I got pregnant, I was lucky enough to be able to stay home for five years and raise our son. So being at home for that five years, I always liked working with my hands. I always liked puttering around with my father. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a career change now that I'm, you know, been home for a while. So I saw a career fair that was being put on by a, a woman's group here in Cleveland. And I went and I walked around, I talked to all the trades and I just thought that the plumbers really kind of spoke to me. And I thought they had a lot of great training. And my father was a pipe fitter, a maintenance pipe fitter. He was in the aerospace union, but he used to do a lot of plumbing around the house. And I used to like to help him and putz around with him. I was the youngest of three girls. So I think I was kind of the son that he never had. So, so then <laughs> I, you know, I said, well, I'm going to see what happens. So I get into the trades and I couldn't be happier with the career choice I made. Oh, we are happy that you are here. So I just heard a little bit, which I didn't know, that your father kind of did play a part in you venturing this part because you had somebody in your life that had an example of what the amazing things that a trade career can do. 
Yeah, my father was really handy. He um, not only did the pipe fitting at work and plumbing around the house, but we had an amazing backyard where he built retaining walls and steps down to a ravine and uh, sandstone patios and a big built-in grill. So, you know, in general, we were kind of outdoorsy people. We had woods behind our house. So I was a little bit of a tomboy and always helped me, you know, help my father. But he worked a lot with his hands. So I guess that's maybe where I get it from. Yeah, that's so cool. The day you went on your first job site as a plumbing apprentice, what is the one thing you wish you knew now that could have helped you? Probably more the physical aspect of it. I mean, I think everybody hears that it's a physical job, but I don't think you really realize it till you get there. Not saying that it's not doable for a woman, but so I'm home for five years putzing around the house, sitting around, and all of a sudden I go to work and I'm, you know, up and down ladders and in and out of underground, down in the ground, up. So I remember coming home the first night and thinking, oh my God, my body is never going to be able to do this. I remember coming home the second night crying, laying and sitting in the bathtub saying, oh my God, my body just hurts. And then all of a sudden you get used to it. Your body gets used to it. So I kind of wish I would have known maybe to expect that it would really (laughs) take a while to get used to. So just like now, I think if I had to go back in the field now after teaching for so long, it would be the same thing. That first week I'd come home and I wouldn't be able to move. You use so many different muscles. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like a lot of people, plumbers, I love my job, but it's really physical and I really uh, try to tell women who reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook and messages wanting to do this. I said, get ready to get physical, physical, because, yo, it is physical and uh, you have to prepare your body and keep your body um, in shape to do this work. So I totally agree with you. I felt the exact same way. Like I wanted to cry, like, what am I doing? But you get used to it just like everything else. So if you listen, you know that it will get better. You just have to have like Doreen had that grit to get up the next day and the next day. Right. Right. And you know, it's funny because I was a little bit older when I got in. I mean, I was not, you know, right out of high school or in my twenties. I was pushing the high thirties and you know what I mean? So I was older. So I, you know, I always say to women, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, 40 years old and I want to make a career change. And I always say, absolutely. If you can do it, I can do it. You can do it. That's what I always tell them. And so I, you know, don't, uh, don't want people to get discouraged by that. Yeah, you know, good it's point. great to get the young kids in because, oh my gosh, then you have it. You can have an amazing 50 year career. You know what I mean? But you know, it's not just for young. It's also for people who realize that the career path they have, um, isn't taking them anywhere and, you know, make the jump and change over and start a new career. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that point up because a lot of women think the same thing, right? Like you said, that you have to be a certain age or even men think that that's the beauty of the building trades. You can start where you at at this moment and you're a living testimony and example. And not only did you start later, but you still accomplish many things that people haven't accomplished. So like one of the things we see, they said in 2012, you became an instructor, right? Right. But what was your why for wanting to become an educator? And how did that shape you as a person and a union plumber? 
to start, I had started teaching. Um, they came to me right after I became a journeyman and asked if I could develop some kind of sexual harassment class. So in 2004, I actually kind of put together a class and I would teach that only at night to the first year apprentices. So that was kind of my first step into getting involved down at the training center. And I really liked it. I loved the interaction with the younger members. And I thought, um, being a woman, that it also kind of you know, there's a woman in their face, you know, telling them <laughs> this stuff. And, you know, you're going to meet women in the field, too. So I thought that was important. And then, you know, I would teach a couple other things here and there. And then uh, when the opportunity came up for another full-time instructor, I, I was happy to apply and luckily enough to get the position. And it definitely changed a lot about the way I think that apprentices get trained. You know, we all know that the lucky ones get teamed up with somebody really good and they learn a lot. And then there's others that, you know, you have journeymen in the field that don't want to teach an apprentice. They're afraid that this, you know, this kid's going to take my job instead of thinking, oh my gosh, here's a young guy coming behind me who can strengthen the union, strengthen our program, work, get a lot of hours into our pension and pay for that guy to retire for yes. years. You know what I mean? So you don't think of that. So I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed teaching a lot. Is it, can it be frustrating? Yes, because I think as you get a little bit older, it's harder to deal with some 19 year old kids, but I think they're great. They have such energy and they're so excited to get started. And once they see that goal, they are so happy to keep working towards becoming a journeyman. Nice, nice. And I'm so glad you talked about teaching the sexual harassment because I think you prepare them exactly for the fact that they're going to meet a lot of women on the job. And by having that knowledge will save them a lot of embarrassing uh, situation and also save the union and the contractors. So thank you for doing that. So that is, that is, that is pretty cool. So. Years ago, I can't remember how long ago I met Doreen at a Women's Build Nation conference. And the way I met her was I went to this workshop and the workshops are pretty awesome and cool. And it was how to become elected officer in your union or, or some title like that. And she was one of the women that was on the panel. And when I looked at her and I hear, you know, heard her story and heard her talking, I said to myself, wow, I can actually run for office. <laughs> and the fact that she was a UA plumber like myself was like, maybe I can do this. And listening to her motivated me to start running for union office. So she has played a pivotal role in me running for office and probably a lot of other women. And what I was so impressed of that she was a president <laughs> of the meeting, which is like the president, you know, has the flow of the meeting, carries on, recalls the officers, keeps the meeting going. And it really, if you have a great president, the union meetings uh, is so great and so fun. So how has it for you being a woman, being the president of uh, the local? It's been great. I mean, I, I had a lot of support. The You know, running for election is very hard. Um, you know, you have an opposing person running against you. And, you know, the politicking of it, I never was a fan on. And you have to, you have to, because you have to get the votes to get in office, right? So that was the difficult part. But it's been great. I mean, were there some naysayers? Yeah, because again, the first 
woman elected in that local, there was a lot of people that didn't want me in there. And then the second time, three years after my first three-year term, I ran on a post, which was like, yes, I was like so happy on nomination night when nobody <laughs> nominated against me because then I didn't have to do all that politicking and campaigning. Right. And then the next time I ran three years later, I ran on a post again, which was a good feeling because it made me think, well, the members like the job I'm doing. You know what I mean? Now, the last time I ran, somebody did run against me. Um, but I won. So that was good. But yeah, it's, it's a difficult process, but it's really been great because it really lets you understand all the ins and the ins and the outs of the union because you're, you get, um, you know, you're more privy to a lot of information and things. So it's, it's really been great. I was always the kind of person who got involved though. I mean, when my son was in school, I was on some kind of committee at school. You know, when he was playing baseball, I was the mom doing this. Uh, when I was in college, I was president of my sorority. So I think I've always had it in me to be somebody who gets involved. Yeah, so. I think that's great. And that's what I love about you. I think your passion for just in general, the union that I have seen from you and see you at the conference and just trying to get more sisters motivated, just your sheer presence motivates so many of us U.S. sisters. And the thing about Doreen is she's so humble and so and which is a good thing no she really is it's not like she doesn't walk around like you would know she's the president and only woman that i could think of of a ua uh president in the meetings that doesn't like you know walk around with her head so high that nobody can talk to her she's very approachable and i want to encourage other women that are not only just UA members, but all different unions, and even if they're not in a union, to run for office to help make changes. And what would be one of the things you would tell them that they should do or develop in order to run for union office? I think the main thing, and this was kind of my mentor out in the field, um, I worked with a great journeyman. He, the first thing he said to me when I became an apprentice is, you have to go to union meetings. Mm -hmm. Come to every union meeting. So I would go. He would always save me a seat next to him, which really made me more comfortable. And he would introduce me to everybody. And he used to say, you have to get to know everybody. Get your face out there. Let everybody know you. And then after that, I started going any event they had I went to a parade, a picnic, this, that, whatever mm -hmm. it was I went to. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, how can I get involved a little more and where would my kind of skills fit in? So I got on the entertainment committee, which is the committee that plans the fun stuff, the kids' Christmas party, the plumber's picnic. And uh, then I became chair of that committee and I changed a lot of things. I changed the way they did things. They used to have the kids' Christmas party and all they did was give them candy. Well, then I did pizza and get away with, and all the wives, every <laughs> wife, that's the way. Every wife at that party came up to me. She said, oh my, oh my gosh, thank gosh, that kid would go home so filled with candy. <laughs> so you have to, you know, again, the niche of being a mom and taking my son to those things. That's where I kind of found my little niche and I made changes. And then after that, everybody really started to get to know me and saw that I was do a lot. So then that's when I ran for office. And I think that's what helped me get elected. I like the fact that, you know, if people listening, we read your bio, you started with the entertainment committee, which sometimes women might say, well, I don't want to do that because it's all get. No, you start somewhere. And the fact that, listen, we know how to entertain. Okay. We know what is really needed to make an event 
really awesome because I know I go to some of our union stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, if they only had a woman involved, it will be exactly. so much better. So I just love the fact that you started on the entertainment committee and you made it better and you slowly like made inroads and people get to know you. So the, one of the important things you said is about going to the union meeting. The person, one of my favorite mentors, Brian Totora, who was part of getting me, played a huge part in getting me into the union meeting, said the exact same thing. He said, you have to come to every union meeting. And he did the same thing. Like your mentor did. He made sure he saved me a seat. I would try to sit in the back. He moved me up to the front and slowly. And he's like, you got to let people know who you are. Because I used to be at the union meeting and uh, they would say brothers and no sisters because nobody even knew I was there. So I'm definitely in agreement um, with you with that. Like you should start somewhere and it's going into your union meeting, being active and getting involved. And uh, I noticed that you transition into not only um, being the president and doing all of that, but you also part of the Cleveland Women, you have found that organization. And what is the purpose and um, what is your main mission of the Cleveland Women in Trade? So like everyone knows, there's so few women in each one of the trades. So in Cleveland, we still are 2% of the plumbers are women. The, the, the carpenters here up in Cleveland don't have a lot of women. The, you know what I mean? We're still that small percent. So you don't have like 20% women in a local where they can form where the, you know, the plumbers can have a, a women's committee and the, you know, pipe fitters and the, everyone, sheet metal workers. So it was how do we bring these, little groups of women together because we all know as tradeswomen how important support is of other tradeswomen. So um, a carpenter friend in mine thought, well, you know what, let's see if we can't do something under the Cleveland Building Trades. So we were really lucky that the Cleveland Building Trades just had elected a new executive secretary, Dave Wondolowski, and he was younger than the last guy who had been in for years and years and years. So we went to him and we said, hey, we would really like to form a Cleveland tradeswoman committee where all the women from all the trades can come together. And like anything else, you've got to have some kind of support or backbone behind it. So when we approached him, he said, well, if you write up a proposal and what your mission is and everything else, I'll take it to the executive board and see. So it got approved. So now the thing that made the Tradeswoman Committee work is that it's under the umbrella of the Cleveland Building Trades. Yeah. So now we have that behind our name. We get much, all the business managers are very supportive. They, you know, pass on all the information. So we really just got started with a lot of our big get-togethers before COVID happened. But we really um, we do community things like we did a toy drive for a women's a rehab, a rehabilitation center here in Cleveland. We collected all kinds of toys and delivered them. And we do a lot of fun stuff. We go bowling. We just come together so that we can talk and support each other. And, you know, a lot of these women never get a chance to meet because we go on a job site and we're the only woman. Or there might be one female electrician and one you don't get to meet all those others that are in that trade. So this is one way to just bring everybody together and be able to, you know, just get to know each other. That's cool. And, yeah. And then when you walk on a job and you see that woman, you're like, oh, my gosh, I saw you at bowling. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you already know them and you have a better, you know, a little bit of connection with them. Yeah, I, I like that. It's almost like you have your own women's Bill Nation conference in um, in Cleveland. That's true. And a couple of years ago, didn't you? You guys did a rebuild 
of a house for women who were transitioning from right right we worked with somebody here in cleveland who was trying to she she was a foster a child of the foster care system mm-hmm. and it wasn't the greatest experience for her when you when you know they hit 18 they kind of get turned out and if she wouldn't have been going to college she wouldn't have had anywhere to live and the way it was when it was thanksgiving or christmas or summer break she really didn't have anywhere to live so she had gotten this house that needed some work where it was she was going to offer that as a place for some of these girls to stay when they had nowhere to go so yeah we helped on that a little group of us did um a lot of work to the house and it, it was a good experience it was great you know again when we're working in the field very rarely are we working with women but we had you know the 10 12 women that would be there on a saturday on the only women working there the only work getting any done was by those tradeswomen and we had a great time a lot of you know it was a great feeling knowing that we were all working together and we really did we got a lot done but we had a lot of fun nice it's so good that what i love about what we do as tradeswomen or even as tradespeople in general we have a skill that doesn't only benefit us in giving us a career and taking care of our family, we can families, we can also help our communities. And that's what I love about our tradespeople having a community. We actually could use all our talents, which is amazing right. talent. Um, everybody always need a plumber. <laughs> uh, we can help our communities. And that is one of the biggest gifts I think I love about being uh, a plumber, being able to give back to the communities in different ways. And just by doing that, that young lady now has a place to help other young girls to actually have somewhere. And that's, that's important because shelter is, is a basic need that everyone should have. So moving forward, how do you see your role as a part of the Cleveland Tradeswomen Committee? What is your one mission that you would love to accomplish besides the fact I know COVID has changed a lot and we all have to make a pivot, but what is one thing with that committee you would love to see happen? I would love for that the committee to tackle another bigger community project. You know, we're kind of looking all the time of what we can do to help, uh, you know, in the community, like we were just talking about. So I would like to organize something bigger that we might do on a regular basis, uh, team up with maybe some community organization that has a day of help or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's definitely one of the things that we want to do. And keep growing the committee. Keep mm-hmm. getting the women who are getting in and, you know, bring them along and get them involved. Yeah, I would love for you to send me because I forgot to ask you, but could you send me the link for the Cleveland Women's Trade so, uh, website? And I'll put it up in the show notes and I'll also put it up on um, Tools and Tiara's website. Because we do get a lot of women asking those questions, like wanting to be part of something. So definitely send it. And we will, people, put it in the show notes. If you're in Cleveland, you can get to meet the awesome Doreen. Because she really is. I know. She's probably feeling so uncomfortable. I keep saying that. But <laughs> but because I know her, she's there like, like oh, how many times she's going to say that? But it's true. It's so true. So... I got a question. How do you stay motivated and what brings you joy and one of your favorite plumbing tools? So uh, staying motivated to me as a tradeswoman, staying motivated and the importance of what we do is, as we all say, trying to encourage other women to get into this career. For me, staying motivated is 
seeing other tradeswomen across the country and the amazing things that they're doing, like you. I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing because, especially with younger girls, you hear the stories of if you ask a, a young girl, five, six years old, what do you want to do when you grow up? You get answers like astronaut. I want to build a house. I want to become president and all those things. And then all of a sudden, years later, you ask them, what do they want to be? And that's all gone. You know, once we get into junior high and high school. So we have to reach those little young girls who are super determined on, you know, getting what they want to get. But I, so I stay, really what motivates me is to see things happen with other tradeswomen and to see the tradeswomen becoming more prominent in the trades and making inroads in, you know, we do have a couple business agents across the country that are females now. So that really, I think is our push in the right direction. Nice. My favorite plumbing tool, oh my gosh, has to be channel locks. <laughs> <laughs> We're not always supposed to use channel locks on certain things, but we do. <laughs> I know, it is always in the back pocket, in the little side, <laughs> the side pocket. So that's your favorite uh, channel locks. And what brings you joy? What brings me joy? My son, obviously. You know, I have a great son. He lives in Columbus now, uh, Columbus, Ohio. So obviously he does. And my family. I mean, I have two older sisters. We spend a lot of time on weekends up at, we have a house up on the lake. So that's been great. That's been like a little retreat that we have. So that brings a lot of joy to me too. And being a plumber still brings a lot of joy to me and being able to teach the future apprentices. Yeah, I love that. And that's what is so hard as we get in older. Our bodies are saying, you know, maybe it's time to stop plumbing, but the love of plumbing just doesn't go away. (laughs) It's just there, you know. One message you think every woman should hear and what do you love most about yourself? The main message I think women need to hear is that you can do anything and don't let somebody tell you you can't. I don't know. You know, I have a little niece and she's quite a little pistol. She's four (laughs) years old. I don't know if you've ever seen a little five-year-old girl when you tell them they can't do something, boy, they get that look in their eyes. They might even cross their arms and stamp their feet and they'll say, you'll say, no, you can't do that. And they'll say, says who? I can't do that. You know what I mean? So I think we need to all dig out that little girl again. And when somebody tells you, you can't do something, you say, Hey, who says who? (laughs) So, I think that's really important that that message is out there and look across, you know, meet tradeswomen. If you're interested in this, like I get women who will contact me in the Cleveland area saying, you know, I'm interested in an electrician. The first thing I do is ask them if they'd like to speak to a female electrician. And I have my little list of my tradeswomen and I contact them and they are always, I have never had a tradeswoman tell me, oh no, I don't want to talk to her. Absolutely. They will all one-on-one and they'll talk to you. And I always tell the women, ask the questions that you want answer to. And Mm. we know tradeswomen don't pull any punches. You're going to get the answer. (laughs) You're going to get the right answer. Yeah. So I think that's great. And what do you love most about yourself? Probably two things. Determination. I think I'm very determined. And I'm very organized, which mm-hmm. is almost uh, too, sometimes too extreme. I get laughed at at work a lot. I have files for everything and notes for everything. And everything is alphabetical and in drawers <laughs> and organized. So, and, But to me, that is really important because for what I do with all the apprentices I teach, I, you have to be organized. Yeah. So you love that about yourself. Yes. I love that about you too. I am the same way. I'm very organized and I love organization keeps me uh, to be, helps me to be a better plumber. And 
I love what you said about the little girls because I've been experiencing that with the the girls in camp. Like having six year olds feminists, like these little six year old feminists are vicious. They do not take no for an answer, and they inspire me to just keep on pushing because I want that little girl that I was like them to feel that same way, and it keeps me grounded, like you said. So I love Absolutely. that. That is well, so that's cool. why what you're doing is so important because we kind of forget that we have to. We have to get them in that young age to just instill somewhere in the back of their mind that, yes, I can do this. And that's why we need more women, because when you're driving, a little girl's driving in the car with her parents and mm-hmm. sees a construction site, now she sees this man. But she sees the woman, and then it, it kind of changes the mind about things. Or anytime anybody can see anything about a tradeswoman, it's going to help with the the you know, the new generation coming forward. Yeah, I totally agree. We had virtual camp. We had canceled our actual in-person camp and I didn't know if it was going to work. If the virtual camp was going to work because of what we do as tradespeople, it's hands-on. So I had, you know, we as a team had to make a pivot and exactly what you're saying happened. The girls loved it that they get to meet all the different women in different trades and they were excited. But the one that I thought was never going to work and I was just going to do it anyway, the last day of camp, we usually take the girls on a construction site visit, a real construction site. So all the things they learn all week, they get to see it in real. So I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. So I actually went on the construction site, one of Kiwit construction sites. And thank you, Kiwit, for that. And Zoom Live. And exactly what you were saying, the girls were in pandemonium. They were getting so excited. And when we met a female carpenter, they were like, girl power. They were like, (laughs) they went crazy. And I couldn't believe it. And this is the one part of camp I thought wasn't going to work. But the fact that they got to see all the things they learned all week and see a sheet metal worker and, and to see the carpenters and we put on the harness and we going up and they just kept on shouting girl power. That's great. That is so great. <laughs> and that made my day like the week I was just like totally, I do things even when I'm scared, like all week I'm scared. I don't know if this camp is going to work. I just do it anyway. But that was the one I was really definitely afraid of and to see those little girls in the comments and they were just shouting girl power yo that was like so much fun to see and it made me feel like a little girl all over again all over again so you're so right right. so before we go um i have one final question that i would love to ask you if you can wake up tomorrow morning and instantly change the world for women and girls what would that look like? More women in powerful positions, I think. And again, it it goes back to everything. The more young women and women see other women making these strides, accomplishing this, that absolutely, I think it encourages more women to do it. You know, it's hard for us as tradeswomen to a lot of tradeswomen will not put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Kind of keep like, oh no, I don't want to draw too much attention to myself. But I always tell tradeswomen, the best way to promote this as a career and to get other women involved is to put yourself out there. You have a local news station doing a story. Hey, get on that camera. Show yourself that I'm mm-hmm. a tradeswoman or you want somebody that wants to do a story. Tell your story and share it. And then I think that'll get 
around. But I think if women ruled the world, it would be a great place. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to put my hands up. World domination. Uh, that's always been my my little um, secret uh, mission, but now everybody knows. So it's out there now. <laughs> it's out there. So uh, Doreen, as, as always, it's I miss you and I, I truly was hoping to see you at this year's um, Women's Real Nation Conference because I, I didn't make last year, but because I enjoy our time, the times that we spend together and just getting to know you as a person has made me a better union plumber. I, I, I'm serious. Like the way you motivate me, the way you encourage me and the way you've always stood up and be a champion for me. I just love that about you. And I can't wait for you to get the book that you are in with me because I had to, <laughs> I had to include you in there because you were part of my my journey as a plumber and I am just so excited to see and to to know all the things that you are doing and you continue to do for the United Association and they should be like so so happy to have you and um, use all your expertise to make this union such a, a better place for our brothers and sisters and I appreciate you taking time to join us today. And uh, before we go, I know people heard you and now everybody wants you to be their friend. Like I, you are mine. How can we connect with you? Yes. So through the uh, Cleveland Building Trades website, there should be a link on there for the Tradeswoman Committee. Uh, It's just cbctc.org. Or you can just reach out to me here in Cleveland through email, which uh, my contact information can also be uh, reached through that website. So that's fine, too. So that would be a great way. But, you know, it's funny how we call this a sisterhood because you said all those wonderful things about me that I don't even think about. But the reason we call this a sisterhood and we call each other sisters is because you motivate me and you really have become someone who has been, you know, that I look up to now. So it's kind of funny how we meet each other and we, you know, motivate each other and we push each other to rise up. So um, I thank you for being such a great sister to me. Uh, likewise, likewise. And thank you again. And everyone who's listening to the sound of a voice, if you are in Cleveland and you are a tradeswoman or you were a woman that after hearing Doreen's story of starting late in life and becoming a really awesome plumber, you should reach out to her and find a ways of becoming part of the elite squad known as the building trades that we belong to. That's right. So, yeah. So, be blessed and be kind and, and, and be a person who see the magnificence in someone else and encourages them to be a better person. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Tradeswoman Talk. And join me the next time when I introduce one of my amazing friends from the Building Trades. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Tradeswoman Talk Podcast. Stay connected with us directly through www.toolsandtierras.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tools and Tierras. I always follow them. I always follow them. If you would like to connect with us, please send us an email through info at toolsandtierras.org. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, make sure you let someone know how magnificent they truly are.